my grandmother was always quite um, arty, but she lived in England and we lived here in Cork. So I didn't get to see her much, but she'd make her own cards and send them to us. Oh. So there was always a bit of an influence. Yeah. So I think, and I loved that. And I kept loads of them. So they're here somewhere in this house. Oh, that's so sweet. And what about at home home? Was there like, were your parents um, supportive of your art making? They were, yeah. They were very supportive. Always like buying sketchbooks, like, um, always from a very young age, like Santa would always bring paints for me. My sister got dolls and other things, but I'd get loads of paints and drawing pads. But I think it was there and it was nurtured from a very young age. Oh, that's amazing. So let's move a little bit further into your timeline. So when you went to secondary school and obviously it becomes a bit more specific with the likes of like taking on art as a subject, you did you, you did art as a subject in secondary school? Oh yeah, that was number one choice. That was all I cared about. Oh, that's so cool. And so like in the art room, was that just like a haven for you? Yeah, I was very at peace there. I wasn't um, a very big social butterfly as I am now, but that was where I loved being like I loved going to art so I didn't have like I had a few friends but we'd very close knit but like I wasn't the popular girl I was the art kid that just went to art class and loved it you know kind of typical quiet arty child and during your like secondary school art like was there anything or any point that you remember specifically where you're like actually do you know what this is something I really want to do this is something I want to pursue was there something that kind of was that that moment in time that that defining factor that defining moment um I kind of always had like when I was a child I was very ambitious so I mm. kind of wanted to be a bit of everything I wanted to be a scientist I wanted to be a writer a poet but artist was always there and it was the one thing that stuck with me um and then as yeah and then there was like art teachers and I was like okay like there were so many more options that you could see as you grew up being like you could go back and do art, you could teach art. And I had some great art teachers. I had an art teacher called Miss Doolin and she's quite strict, but like, God, she was amazing. Like she'd get the best out of you and she'd ask you, why are you doing this? And you'd kind of go, because I want to. And you're like 13, 14. And she'd be like, no, no, come on, why? And she'd think about it with you and she'd kind of go through processes. And she was really amazing. And she really kind of helped me grow from, I say, was like 14 to maybe 15 16 mm. so she was really kind of she was a strong person but but really helped you and kind of nurtured you yeah well that's that's amazing and like it's it's great to have that support behind you even during your teenage years where it's where, where it could have gone either way um it could have been a case where it's like well why are you doing this and where a lot of people experience um so you had you had great nurturing at home you had really good support in school and you're already getting the whole conceptual questioning before you even enter the third level round. So, like, I mean, your 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 foundation is is brilliant. So, like, where what what made you decide to do this in college then into university? I just felt like I couldn't do it. Not that I couldn't do anything else. I didn't want to do anything else. No. Mm. Going to third level to do it, there was a few questions at home being like, "Are you sure?" Are you sure you want this type of career? Will there be a career? So and I was like, nope, uh, like that's what I'm doing. I can be quite stubborn. So I was like, what are you on about? And again, I used to be like, mom, I'm going to be famous. It's fine. Um, look, at least you had a self-confidence. So when you went into college, <laughs> just let's before, before we go into the college world, 
what were you making as an 18 year old as a 17 18 year old what sort of work were you making I did a lot of watercolors I loved watercolors so I actually went to another art class outside school um when I was I don't know if it was the end of could have been the end of primary school start of secondary school um and she was a little old woman and she did their classes in her house and you just bring your own watercolors and she'd help you draw and she had all these books and she had a cat that would just walk across the table um but she, it was lovely it was just a really nice space for I think it was like an hour or and a half you just sit there and paint um and so I used to love doing watercolors like the kind of quickness of them you could change them you can if you messed up or you could add a bit more water and dilute it it was beautiful like it was a really nice time um so I used watercolors a lot I think up until probably college so that was my main medium was drawing and watercolors oh wow amazing so then you went into the Crawford and you did your undergrad there how was that experience for you mixed emotions though it was um it's a hard college it's they really do gruel you but like I've made some amazing friends some a lot of people I still know today so you know you come out with lots of lots of lovely friendships and people who support you and help you um and what it really it did make me like I changed a lot throughout that those couple of years um so I kind of went in thinking I'm gonna be a painter um that was like slightly dashed away from me like it was told not to paint it kind of went just don't and I was like oh what do what do I do now so I did dive into photography and photography is actually something my mom always did so my mom used to have a SLR film camera so that's what we used to use on holidays and I still have it so I can kind of use it sometimes haven't used it in a while but um so I kind of went into photography and everything that could do and it did open up a lot of doors and a different way of thinking. So you say th- throughout your your time in the Crawford that you had changed a lot and you took on you took on photography, which is an amazing medium, and you're a beautiful photographer as well. Um, so what why why did you feel that you had to go with uh, what was said to you? Why couldn't you push the painting yourself or or continue with that? Um. Don't really know. Like I found photography quite easy, like in in a good way that I kind of th- I kind of thought in pictures, so I could kind of go. I can take a photo of this, go into the digital lab, manipulate it if I wanted to. Mm. Where I don't know, like I I could draw and I could paint, but it was much more of things I saw. Like I, I maybe limited my imagination okay. a little bit. I don't know if I had that skill then to do it like I do sketches and things like that but there was sort of like as you know there were so many great painters in our year like it was could have been dwarfed by them I guess mm. and then seeing that as well of people like they could do things you couldn't do it was kind of finding your own way in there but I guess it was kind of coming from like a small pond now into this big massive ocean of artists where I never knew that many artists so it was kind of like yeah I can paint I can draw then you go oh can I oh shit but I think um what's been great is seeing how your practice has evolved over the last number of years is that you've you have reintroduced painting you have reintroduced the making and you have one of the biggest imaginations that I know of 
which is like incredible. And you, we, we see that in your works and what you share with us in the collective and what you do in your own uh, outside of the collective as well. And like, there is no questioning that you have an imagination. It's beyond the limits of, of reality, which is amazing. So I think you probably didn't give yourself enough credit when you were younger, uh, when you were doing that. And it's, it's great to see that like you finally found that space. So I suppose that kind of brings us into a little bit about now and like between between when you graduated and and to today, have you found that there's been like that's that's what nearly ten years now, um, less. Yeah. <laughs> well, more. <laughs> what twenty fourteen? So close to ten years. We're coming up to the yeah. ten year anniversary, which is slightly scary. Um, in that time, what have you done that has evolved your practice? That has made you to be the artist who you are today. Do you know, one of the, like, this probably sounds so counterproductive, but after college, um, I found it really hard in fourth year. And there was a time, like, there was at one point I was dropping out of college, I was leaving, or I wanted, like, to, I'll come back the next year. Um, I, def- I really felt like I wasn't good enough. And I, I stopped, I didn't pick up a pencil, pen, probably camera for a year. And I actually went back and studied uh, massage therapy and holistic therapies. So I did that for two years and then giving myself the space to do something else and realizing how how important art was to me and the need for me, myself to do it gave me huge space to go, OK, I need to create. This isn't just a hobby. It's not just something I want to do as a career. It was something I needed to do for myself. And I had been doing it all my life without realizing it. So giving myself space, it really helped. So I actually went back and I started drawing and then it wasn't until really COVID again like so I always did dabbled and then did photography and kind of did photography a bit more commercially but then doing art during COVID I was like oh my god this is what I've been missing all my life I just kind of re-sparked everything in me and I'm going no no this is what this is everything I always wanted to do okay I had a knockback and a setback but like I really let it knock me back I shouldn't have but it gave me the space and time to kind of realize it was it's more me than the I needed to do it and not just it wasn't just to create it was to be at peace with myself. Mm-hmm. So I come home from long days sometimes and I'm just like I have to do something. I'm gonna go insane <laughs> if I don't do something. So that's why it really became about me, and mm-hmm. I think that was the most important thing in my creative journey. It's a lot of people because I've had people say to me like oh but you make time for your art and I'm like but my art is a part of me it's also the career I want to have it's what I want to do for the rest of my life like you make time for your jobs too so I when people say that like oh it's only a hobby I'm like no it's more than that and I think some people if you have it as a hobby that's lovely and if you can step away but stepping away for so long made me realize how important it was yeah it's a vocation. We, we like it's a calling, whether you want to do it um, or not. At this point, you're kind of it. It is an innate desire that you need to fulfill, um, and you do so brilliantly. So uh, keep making because we don't want to see uh, you stop making again. So keep making, and I think you should listen back to this again in a few years and and say to yourself that you have the confidence to continue making and to to say that you you are 
very much able to create and very much um and you should and you have the empowerment of yourself to be able to do this and i think this is I, it's brilliant it's brilliant you've got you've got me lost for words people because it's it's so great to see that you had you had that kind of stop point in your uh in your 20s where it was like am i good enough am i able to do this am i have i have i a place in the art world and of course you do of course you have a place um, and it's great to see that you have reinvigorated your artistic practice. Um, and I think a lot of people would be very sad to see uh, you not making because you make such amazing work. So if, with that in mind, tell us when you go to make work, what you do, what, what's around you, what's it look like? What does the space look like? It's absolutely chaotic. <laughs> so because I started doing collage and that was like, I always did collage as a... Um, like primary kind of research and stuff and then I kind of went oh no like I, I love doing this um and kind of took it more seriously mm. and sometimes I do think collage is a bit underrated because you kind of got oh, you slap down things together but the amount of paper I keep <laughs> is so anything I like I'll keep I have stacks of magazine old magazines from people um like from bits in the shop, if the girls are like, do you want to keep this bit of wrapping paper that no one wants? And I'm like, yes, that will make something. Um, so my studio is a bit chaotic. Um, lots of bits and pieces around, lots of glue, lots of ink, uh, loads of gold leaf and stuff, but um, kind of how my mind works. <laughs> so I kind of look at the piles and go, okay, I can create something with this. Or sometimes if I just want to create something quickly, I'll flick through a magazine, pull out, bits that I like kind of cut them up and see what I can come out with um there's something very very therapeutic about collage like cutting out small details it kind of can calm me down after a long day it's you're totally focused it really focuses your mind so you're trying to get everything really sharp pinpoint so that's how like those little bits I also then start a lot of time on the computer so I would do digital photo montage um, I love doing it on digitally because I can, you know, there's nothing that's set in stone. Mm. Same with collage as well. Like you can kind of keep playing until you glue things down, which is great. So I don't use, at the moment, I don't have a huge amount of sketchbooks of preliminary, the preliminary parts. Um, so I don't have like, this is how I'll start this one and go. I kind of had do ideas and put finished, almost slightly finished pieces or things that just work with me in sketchbooks. Mm. So I have a lot of bits and pieces everywhere, but um, I like to work as I go. So there's no, like, this is my plan, A, B, C. It's kind of, let's start and go and, okay, that doesn't work, take it away. Put something else that doesn't work, take it away. And kind of work through the one piece. So sometimes you don't get to see the start, middle and finish piece unless I document it, yeah. which sometimes I can be bad at doing, but it's the way I like to work. Yeah. Um, and I found it really good and for myself. Cool. So uh, within the work, just looking at from a conceptual point of view, you have creatures, you have like, you've a lot of floral work in there. You've got a lot of figures, people, women particularly. Um, is there is there a reason for your use of these individuals, of these, uh, of these things, of these places? So... Um, sometimes I kind of categorize them like I'd have the women that I'm kind of working at on now and some like self-portrait pieces then the more kind of upbeat light-hearted pieces with the like 
creatures, a lot of florals. I love surrealism and like that area. And it's kind of, um, I find it really nice. You know, life is just hard. It's dull. You're like, oh, adulting, all these things. I like to make those parts because they're just fun. I'm like, I'd like to live there. I'd like to ride an ostrich to work. <laughs> like I have a small little piece I'll send on to you. It's um, so I actually want to cut up and made it into a new piece and it's taxi home. So it's this beautiful old woman that I got from a card. So again, any card that people give me, it's going to be kept. It's going to be cut up. It's going to be made into something. But she's on an ostrich with a crown and she's like, yeah, going home after a night out. I'm like, that's, that's, the, that's the life I want to live. <laughs> Definitely. And so like there's a lot of escapism. Completely, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, it's, it's great because, as you say, like, it, it's interesting because you come home from a busy day in work doing doing the, the muggle job um, and then into uh, into doing your art practice and stuff. And while you're escaping, you're creating an escape for everybody else, which is really cool. Yeah. And I love using bits that I can find. Um, I love the recycling element of mm. collage. So do you know things that you're like, oh, all these magazines would have been thrown out? Um, and I'm like, no, no, they're mine. My dad actually, so I'm living at home at the moment with my parents and my dad was like, oh, we need to get rid of all your crap upstairs. And I was like, that's not crap, that's materials. What are you on about? There's nothing that's not, that's I can't cold. use. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to make me famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all these bits of paper. <laughs> yeah well yeah obviously and it's it's great because you've got your inspiration all around you all the time and it's like it's fantastic that you're you're forming something new from all of these different elements it's super like um in today's world where we have so much rubbish and this throwaway culture i think it's lovely to make things from that you know kind of mm. i feel like i'm helping the environment just a little bit so how often are you making work now Depend, it depends on the week. Look, most nights I do like to come up. Um, so I have a small little studio. It's up in our attic and um, just my desk and everything. And most nights I like to come up and at least even look at something and kind of go, okay, I'll cut out this piece, add this piece. It might only be an hour every evening. Days off, I try to do the most I can. So like, it's always tipping away. Mm. Like I'd love to just spend weeks and weeks. Some, and then some days I could spend hours up until two o'clock in the morning up here um but then you're like I have to get up in a couple of hours so I have to go to bed so it is that balance of yeah. trying to live survive and make art yes. which I know there's hundreds of us out, out there like that is it important that you have that space in the attic is it important to, to go to a studio yeah I think so um like my my boyfriend's a chef he gets up at five four five in the morning every morning so like he goes to bed early so and then I'm like we're living at home so there's always people here so having this little secluded space where I can be messy I don't have to really worry about people coming in to look at it and be like oh Jesus who's walking into my studio just having that space where it's completely mine does make a difference mm. um it helps me to relax as well to give myself space to make the room uh, make the art because I think sometimes if it's you're doing it on your kitchen table, like if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. And yeah. I've done it. But it's hard to be like, OK, I have to clean it away where up here I can leave it, come back, look at it with fresh eyes. I don't have to pull everything out of drawers every day and look at it. So I think it is important, even if it was like a coffee table in a corner of a room, 
Mm. I think you can do with that. And I think a lot of artists do do that. And I think that's great. But having like a little space is like, it's like your oasis. Yeah. And it is another form of escapism. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think even through the last few feature um, episodes we're talking about, every artist has said the same thing, that they need a space where they can just leave and then come back to and pick up where they left off rather than the whole process of tidying up and cleaning it away. Because I suppose it means that whatever happens in the time between when you finish and when you go back to it again, there's, there is that space in your head where you're modeling about what things should go where and how they should go. And especially when you're working with lots of different pieces and if you've left something at a certain point, it's like, Oh, I know where I left that now and I can go back to that. Or, um, it's just, I suppose, it's necessary to have have everything out there and open free. So where are you going to now? What's, what are you working on at the moment? So um, some of the, the feminine pieces I've, I'm working on. Um, so I actually started them probably a year ago and then I kind of put them away because I felt pulled in another way. Uh, but now I've come back to them and... So there was the self-portrait I did, which I didn't even consider it a self-portrait until Rob pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a self-portrait. I was just using myself. Um, so it's looking at how women are portrayed, because I love that women are used so much. But like a lot of time women are used in art, uh, especially nowadays, in a hyper overlaid, sexualized way. Even And it does, I don't mean in like that they're bearing breasts or you can see whatever, because I don't believe your body is completely like it's not just a sexualized thing it's your body it's part of you but the way that they're treated by some especially male artists it's kind of I just started to get annoyed <laughs> I'm kind of like we're, there's more to women than and there's more to female people than just being hyper sexualized like we're not just there for your enjoyment there's a lot to us so I was kind of looking at how to represent women in a different manner, but also kind of looking back to history, how we were represented for years on. So a lot of different time periods, you're either, they're they're either goddesses, they're maternal, uh, nurses, they're everything. They're not a lot of time. No, obviously there's always exceptions, but we're never put in as very stoic, very powerful creatures. It's always slightly more genteel. Mm-hmm. which obviously is a part of women like but same with men you know there's a, I can only do it as a female perspective because I'm not male and I don't know that perspective so I'm just kind of going through our own looking at how women are portrayed and, and how I would I like to portray them so it's kind of looking at that and then kind of looking at kind of like the Byzantine times and the icons and you know all this gold and the embellishment and really making them regal and but powerful at the same time well I hope um and it's just yeah kind of going back to that and creating almost like creating my own icons my own goddesses wow so like it's just really interesting as you speak I'm just referring back to when we spoke earlier about when you took that space in the middle of your your 20s to kind of get some freedom and get some space to figure out what and who you are. And then you re-empowered yourself. So now you're re-empowering lots of other people through your artwork. And that's just I amazing. So. Absolutely. No, and it's like, it's amazing to see that you are representing women in such um, an amazing light and in such an empowering way 
and uh, it's just it's so strong in how you do it as well it's it's simple in its delivery and what you're presenting and that it's it's the figure and it's the icon around that and it's the colors that you use that are so poignant um but but you are empowering them in the way that you're presenting them and i think that's stunning i can't wait to share some new work even a lot of new work that we will be presenting um for you on the collective and i can't wait to show them uh to to our to our viewers um is there anything any kind of work that you'd like to talk about particularly um that you're that you are going to present to us well i'm working on a new one at the moment and okay. um kind of i kind of love her she's a bit it's a photo I did take of a woman who we were helping create her portfolio because she wanted to do modeling. And there's this one chunk pose and she has her head lifted high and she's stunning. The wind was blowing in her and I'm going to like, I've created this huge crown because that's the person she was. She was a mother and she was a single mother and she was kind of really like, she was doing the best for her child in every way she could. And like so many women are like that, that they are fighters and they're not allowed to see be seen as fighters and if they are they're overly emotional or they're dramatic and I've gotten that where I've given out to people and they're like oh they're so dramatic and you're like no we're gonna we're gonna fight for what we feel is right yeah. um so in creating this piece and there's a lot of gold there's gonna be a lot of embellishment um but she's wearing this beautiful and then I love creating so again there's parts a lot comes from um the magazines, fashion magazines, which I think in one way is poignant in itself because mm. I'm cutting out from these fashion magazines of things we're meant to wear, how we're meant to look, and we're going to wear them. We're going to own it. We're going to be, but it's, you're there themselves. So it's kind of like, and she's a bit of a badass looking. So she, it's a bit more powerful. And she kind of reminds me of a like fighter, like, yeah, I'm going to go into war. <laughs> kind of. A warrior. So I like, yeah, I feel like I, they all, they're all they all going to need their own names, so I'm going to have to start naming them. It sounds like you're like creating a new collection, which is so exciting. Yeah, that's how I wanted it to be. And then with everything that was going on in the world and with like the Muslim females and everything that was going on with them, you know, there's just so, there's like in this day and age, there's still so much going on. And we're like, why? Just why? There's no need for it. Like, just let live, you know, to everyone, no matter who you are, what you are, what you believe in. It's just like, it's just so annoying and it's so sad to see for people to be struggling. And sometimes I believe that like, if you are an artist and you have, maybe even if you don't have the greatest following, it's nice to give something out to the public mm. for them to look at and believe in and have a little bit of hope. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's an amazing way to finish our conversation, Viva, because You've just inspired every woman in the world and every artist. So I think, thank you so much, firstly, for um, for joining us uh, to share your story, to share your art or your art world and to share your art practice. Um, I'm so excited to share lots of new work with the collective and with um, with all of our audiences and everybody do check out Quiva's work at www.newcollective.com forward slash artist forward slash Quivahini and you can see all of our work there um past present and in the future as well uh, and don't forget to follow us on instagram facebook twitter linkedin you name it we're on it and uh, listen to our podcast on youtube spotify and wherever you get your podcasts from thank you so much Quiva. thank you so much again i can't say it enough and uh we look forward to uh, sharing lots of stuff
with everybody um, in the next few days and over the month of February, as this is your feature month uh, in the collective with um, the wonderful Luke Hickey, who will also be on um, uh, the new collective feature podcast um, in a few weeks' time as well. So make sure you check that out as well. Thank you all for listening and stay creative.